morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, boys, Jew, men. Wow. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. This keep, these keep getting better. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, that's great. I'm happy for you, and I'm doing great, too. Uh, and uh, what a fun week this has been, huh? How's your week gone? My, my, week, my week is going absolutely spectacular. That's great. Absolutely spectacular. First and foremost, oh, yeah. allow me to thank Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut, the seventh for the kava I am drinking on today's episode. The seventh, so this is like his great grandson. That that because we keep adding more. Do I, do I? I don't know. I just kind of make I've, up a number at the end. This is like now the great great grandson. And allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious delicious purified drinking water that I drink on many episodes, not all of them, but many. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. So yeah, this week, I uh, a lot of people got to learn about who I am, many different ways, and uh, had uh, I've had every everything from people telling me I'm the next Harry Brown and I'm you know going to revolutionize the party, all the way to not that, <laughs> something less than that, and everything in between, every opinion in between, and uh, they seem to have kind of leveled off to people saying you know. We're happy with this pick. We're happy with this ticket. But there, there are a couple who are do not think that I'm the next Harry Brown. I was a hundred percent going to start off this show shirtless, and then, <laughs> thank you for not. And then, like, start off the show shirtless, and then after I yeah. do the intro, when you gave me the side eye, I'd be like, "Oh, are we not? Are we not doing that today?" Yeah, we're and not doing that today. Then put on my Chris Reynolds law shirt. Yeah, instead. and just to be clear, everyone. I've never done an episode of anything before without a shirt. Don't plan on doing an episode of anything else moving forward without a shirt. Now, in the last two podcast appearances I've been on, everyone else took their shirts off except for me. I left my shirt off. I on. I even had a nice jacket. The whole thing. So I just like to say that. Anyway, this episode, speaking of shirts, this episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Calendar featuring... Yourself, you're, yours truly there, and uh, 11 other of the sexiest libertarian men uh, already raised thousands of dollars for libertarian candidates across the country, as well as many state and local libertarian affiliates. Uh, be sure to get yours today at libertariandadbod.com, only $12, uh, and you can help contribute to social distancing, because who wants to be anywhere near you if you own a calendar filled with Sexy Libertarian Men. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle caucus in the Libertarian Party. This episode is also brought to you by Murder Hornets, who are assuring you that the very second you feel safe, they will be there to do what they do, which is commit murder. And this episode, of course, is brought to you by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, who remains a bitch. Still a bitch, Henry McMaster. Henry Henry McMaster status still a bitch. By the way, we got the the, the Jorgensen, you know, Joe Jorgensen uh also from South Carolina directly from the Joe Jorgensen campaign. Totally fine with me calling McMaster a bitch. Just want to put that out there. Big so big news uh in the muddied water verse 
sphere, whatever. Um, for anybody who continually clicks the Amazon link that's on our account, if you happen to live in the UK or Denmark, you can now buy products again. If you live in the US, we highly recommend you go to our store page where they don't go through Amazon. Shout out to our uh, UK and Denmark listeners and watchers. <laughs> Big ups to, to Denmark and the UK. Both of you. Both of you are very well loved. Both, both of you are very well loved. Yourself. And you can get all of that on Amazon Prime, Prime available. Well, that's good to know. Uh, so speaking of... Gosh, how do we even go into this? Uh, gosh, speaking of... I don't know. This... I'm going to let you tell this one. This this is a This is I don't have a good segue for this. There is no good segue for There is no we good segue for this. No. So bad just news to... came out this week. Uh came out yesterday when a court awarded that bitch Carol Baskins the Oklahoma Zoo that was formerly owned by Joe Exotic. That bitch finally won the property she had coveted for so long. And what's crazy is she doesn't get any of the tiger. She just gets the property. Oh, is that? The, I didn't actually. She just that. gets the property. The the uh uh the all the animals still belong to that Jeff guy. Oh, did you, oh Jeff still gets all those? Jeff still has all the animals. So she literally just gets a giant property in Oklahoma. Actually, okay, so that actually makes sense because she was suing. Uh, she was suing Joe Exotic for an X amount of dollars. And he put the property into his mom's name so she wouldn't be able to take it. Mm. The property is what has the value, not the tigers. Right. So Jeff just has like, I think, six months or something to get all of the tigers off the property. What's she going to do with the property in Oklahoma? I don't know. Do the exact same thing they were doing, but say she's doing it correctly. With smaller pens and in worse conditions. (sighs) Anyway, so good for her. Speaking of small, cramped conditions, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Elon Musk uh, launched two people into space on this rocket. Uh, The Dragon, the SpaceX Dragon. Um, Now, unfortunately, those two people that he launched into space were not. They were not Joe Biden and Donald Trump. (laughs) We... Speaking of Donald Trump, he did something to, uh, this week, didn't he, Matt? He did actually a few things, but this was the he did, first yeah, he thing did, he did. He did a bunch of things. Um, so let's go with the least offensive one first. I don't, I don't sure. even know. Like, Yeah, I guess this is probably why, the, the least terrible thing he did this week. Why not? Uh, Donald Trump signed an executive order to stop fact-checking on social media platforms. Uh, mainly, he just got tired of his tweets being fact-checked. Being fact-checked. <laughs> <laughs> um, platforms like Facebook, Twitter, etc. Uh, can not, according to the executive order, cannot fact-check. That's the only thing the order mentions, um, what people say. Uh, if a platform decides to fact-check, which they have the right to do, they are no longer a platform. They are a publisher. That becomes the trade-off. Um There is an inherent bias in all publications, meaning that if you are a publisher, you are now open to certain legal repercussions that you weren't when if you uh, stay as a platform. 
you cannot sue a platform for things such as liable defamation censoring. You can sue a publisher for liable defamation or censoring. Uh, Twitter responded to this executive order in the only way they could at this point. Which is just hilarious. Now, this was a... If you want to know what that tweet says, stay tuned because it's yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about this exact tweet. Yeah, we'll be talking about this exact tweet uh, in just a bit. In just a little bit. Speaking just a little bit. In just a little bit. Speaking of uh, republicrats in situations, Joe Biden is uh, having a real hard time searching for a VP. Uh, Initially, saying uh, he would have picked someone by May then shifting to July and now August. The list of people is dwindling because of their decisions to drop out. Uh, not just, I mean, some are because of their past, their own past and actions they've taken. I think a lot of them are really starting to wonder if they want to be Joe Biden's VP. And if I think some of them are wondering... This ticket. I think some Could of them are make- wondering if they want to debate me. I think that's <laughs> starting to be a thing. They're like... Could you... I don't want to debate Spike Cohen. Could you imagine that phone call? It's like, yeah, I'd like for you to be my VP. And it's like a Biden Cohen ticket. Mm, No, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to pass. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, listen, I, you know, I was running as Vermin's VP uh, when Joe Jorgensen got the nomination and I got to go to her website and look at her issues page and everything. I'm like, I'm good with this. This is fine. This is fantastic. Joe Biden, there's not a shot in hell. If 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 someone like a Joe Biden were running in the in the in the Libertarian Party and had even a shot of getting the nomination, if they got the nomination, I would absolutely drop out and say no, thank we, you. I'm no we interest all whatsoever. Know that if Joe Biden switched over to the Libertarian Party, he would have a shot of getting the nomination. Oh, you can't say things like that anymore. Um so much like how Spike would <laughs> withdraw from the process, so did Kath, uh, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada. She withdrew herself from contention. I didn't. That's terrible news. In related news, there's someone named Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. I do, do, did you recall this person? No. No. Yeah. I, found, I found this in an article. Um didn't even know she was up for contention. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, she, of course, has been a name that you have heard a lot. Uh, she is going to have to explain why her husband invoked her to help him get his vessel in the water, his boat in the water before Memorial Day weekend when all of Michigan was shut down and they weren't allowed to go out. I, that's a strategic use of the word vessel. Thank you. That is a strategic word, use of the word vessel. So, um, so wait, so so she what just allowed him to get his boat in the water? Yes, but no one else could. Yes. God. Well, that's that's open waters, huh? Uh, yeah. And then Luhan Grisham, the governor of New Mexico, uh, is now defending her purchase of jewelry during widespread business closures. Yep, she made a business open up so she could go buy jewelry. Again, related news. There's a gov- the governor of New Mexico is named Luhan Lujan Grish- Luhan Grisham. A lot of these are people I didn't know were in contention. I guess we're learning this together. We are learning this together. Uh, as we all know, Senators Klobuchar and Kamala Harris were both former prosecutors with histories right. of putting black people in jail. Lots of them. Kamala Harris uh, locked up more black people than any other non-federal 
prosecutor or a non-federal attorney general or, or whatever, like any, any at state level locked up more. Um, did we ever find out yet? Maybe this is later on. Did we find out with Klobuchar if she actually was the one who, who uh, said not to prosecute uh, Derek so Chauvin? She entered the Senate in 2006. The grand jury convened in 2008. Okay, so she was not involved in that. She... I think that she was involved at the very beginning. At the beginning, of but then, but then. Okay. All right. Well, no, that's good to know because uh, yeah. if she gets it, that would be a talking point of mine, <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> but obviously not. Uh, Rep- Representative Val Demings was a police chief, which could hurt in today's climate, even if she has a clean record. And then uh, Joe Biden said his vetting committee is working through the choices and whittling it down to the next round of candidates. So this is now the B team. Uh, and he said, uh, whether or not they really want it, are they comfortable? Oh God. Did he say that? He did. No, that, that is a direct quote. Uh, yeah. He said, whether or not, whether or not the candidates really want it and are they comfortable? Both things that should have crossed his mind with Tara Reid. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he worded it that way. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's a, I mean, it makes it's it's very understandable in the context of what it is, but who that it sounds so of all the people and up. in all the situations that to, yep. to say oh gosh, uh, so Chase Oliver in the comments is saying I'm hearing that they're vetting Liz Warren too. I believe it at this point. I think they're running out. I think it's going to end up being him and Bernie. I think that they're running out of people because they all are going to have uniquely terrible situations. In all honesty, right now, Stacey Abrams appears to have the cleanest record. That's what um, I'm thinking. She hits the demographic, uh, a few of the demographics that he really needs. Yeah. Um, so Stacey Abrams jumped over the past week to my top choice on who he's going to pick. That's probably who I would say. I would say Stacey Abrams because she doesn't have any of the baggage that the others have right now. Right. And like and you said, so she Val, hits. So Val Dilming's. She does have a clean record, but she is a former police chief. Yeah. But I think that his and, and, thought and process she, on her, his th- the, process on her is going to be Florida. Florida, but also she's going to say police chiefy stuff because when you were the chief of police, even if you are more sensitive to the, you know, the the civil liberties of other, you're going to say police chiefy stuff, especially in this climate, whereas Stacey Abrams decidedly is not going to say police chiefy stuff speaking of police chiefy stuff uh and also speaking of poorly worded things from joe biden uh during a speech uh during a meeting with community leaders at the bethel ama church in wilmington delaware uh he discussed the tragedy of george floyd with those in attendance and said well this and the idea that instead of standing there and teaching a cop who is an unarmed person of coming at him with a knife or something to shoot him in the leg instead of in the heart is a very different thing. There's a lot of different things that can change. So, what I didn't put, like I had to put in that, because the, the audio on that is not good. It's very low quality audio. Um, I should have put it in there where he said, when there's an unarmed person coming at them with a knife. Making them armed. Making them armed. Uh, yeah. 
you shoot him in the leg instead of in the heart. It's a very different thing. And it is a different thing because now um, you're probably not going to hit them at all. And instead, it's going to ricochet off the ground and hit someone else. And not only that, if you shoot them in the leg, you could still kill them because that's where the femoral is. That's also true. And also not what we're talking about because George Floyd was choked to death by putting their knee on his neck. Kind of not even, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that anyone has said we're mad because of a police officer who shot someone who was charging them with a knife. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a case where the person was just funning around. I don't believe so, though. I think that all of these cases have been actually unarmed people, including Breonna Taylor, who was literally sleeping when the police broke into her home uh, in plain clothes and without announcing themselves and then shot her to death. Actually, so there is a case that I was reading about yesterday that I did not include in the second segment, the second main segment um, of today. Um, But a woman, she was shot by police uh, at her house because she didn't put down her kitchen knife. Was she charging them? No, I don't, I don't believe so. Yeah. So, right. So that's, yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and tell anyone, not just police officers, that you probably shouldn't try to shoot people in the leg unless you're a fantastic shot and not nervous at all. Because the odds of you hitting their leg, pretty low. The odds of you missing their leg and hitting whatever's behind them, much higher. Yeah. Which is why they say aim for center mass. They also don't ever tell you to try to hit their heart. They they center mass there because that's the most likely to not hit others who are not involved in whatever the situation is. And obviously the understanding is that if you've decided to pull out a firearm, you should be prepared to kill the target or at least put the target down because that's why you chose a firearm and not, for example, a taser or your fists right. or a baton or something like that. So you chose a firearm, which is meant to kill people. So, well, that's good. Well, <laughs> thanks to Biden's words. Or I guess thanks. Well, despite yeah. Biden's attempts to quell America's tempers, that didn't work. Sadly, uh, protests have erupted in over 150 cities. 150 cities? 150 cities. Yeah, Over 150 100. cities nationwide since uh, Derek Chauvin pressed his knee into the neck of George Floyd for more than eight minutes, uh, with many of them, pretty much all of them, beginning peacefully and then eroding into violence and looting. Now, what on earth could possibly be making them erode into violence and looting, Matt? Um, man, there are just so many different reasons. But uh, from the reports that we're seeing from friends on Twitter all across the country, um, most of these protests are peaceful. Now, from the way I understand it, and I could be wrong here, the First Amendment allows for a uh, peaceful assembly. But if you want to protest, you need a protest permit. And the moment one of these protest permits run out, once they expire, 
within five minutes of it expiring, they are macing or pepper spraying. And that's when people start losing their minds. And shooting tear gas, which is banned by the Geneva Convention. Right. So, one, you're telling people you don't actually have the ability to peacefully assemble. Um, You have to get a permit for it. You need to apply for a permit and get permission to do it. And then once that's over, you say, screw you, your permit's over. Now we're going to attack you because now we're going to use violence against you. Yeah. We're going to use violence against you because you did not disperse fast enough. Yeah. So here is the, here's the problem here. Anyone who's ever been to any kind of event, even in the happiest of conditions, when something closes, they then have some time to meander their way out and go to their cars and everything else. If you're at a protest, which is outside with thousands or even tens of thousands of people, it's going to take a while for that to break up. Even, so, even if it's hundreds, it's even takes if it's a hundreds, while. It's going to take a while. So if something, if you tell the people, for whatever reason, apparently, they have the authority to do this, you say, uh, you have to leave by 6, or you, you know, this ends at 6. At 6, you say, okay, it's 6. Everyone start to break it up. And you let them start to go and do their thing. And then, you know, if people stick around or if they refuse to break up or they start getting violent, that's one thing. But to say, at 6 o'clock, you start popping off these pepper ball things, which they've been shooting indiscriminately at people. They've been shooting at uh, reporters. Uh, Ford Fisher, with news to share, uh, got hit in the face with a pepper ball. Um, He has this big press uh, uh, vest that he used, like a big, you know, neon vest. Uh, there was a lady who uh, was shot at with a pepper ball in, I think, Louisville, Kentucky, and her uh, her cameraman who was holding a camera uh, was arrested for holding a camera. And this is how the police are treating this. Now, here's the problem with this because a lot of people go, "Yeah, but what about the the rioting? What about the looting, guys?" Well. That's a great point. And, of course, we here at Muddy Waters don't agree with the murdering of innocent people in the streets by police or anyone else. And we don't agree with destruction or looting a property or anything else. But here's what happens. And the conditions that are being created for this. First of all, none of these protests, riots, anything else would be happening if the police state didn't keep murdering people. right? Right. So if you'll recall, last month we were talking, or even a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how everyone was inside. No one was really going anywhere. There were some protests that happened where people were saying, hey, I'd like to be able to go do stuff again. Now all of a sudden you have big, massive protests happening all over the country. It didn't happen in a vacuum. It didn't happen out of nowhere. It happened because the militarized police state kept murdering people. They murdered Breonna Taylor. They murdered George Floyd. Uh, they murdered, and I forget the man's name, but it just happened during these protests, a man who has like a, a, a food truck and he got murdered by the police. They keep doing They murdered Duncan Lemp. They keep doing this. And it's reaching a point of absurdity where even when they're being recorded, they still just commit, they just kill people when they want to. Uh, the, the lady, I forget her name now, who was playing video games with her nephew and oh, the cop, yeah, the, uh, Alabama, was that Texas or Alabama? It was Texas. Um, Texas. 
I forget her name, but she, I can't remember her name. Yeah. She was shot she for playing played. video games. He said, "Oh, she didn't. She didn't listen to my orders." Well, from the position of where he would have been looking, he would have seen that they had headsets on and that there was a TV that they were playing video games on. And he I screamed mean, at them to put down whatever they had, and they didn't listen. And so he shot at them. Thankfully, the nephew survived, but the the lady did not. They keep doing this. So they created the conditions for these protests and riots. Here's the next thing they do. Instead of just letting people have their protest and going about their business and continuing to patrol the whole city, they, they put almost all of their police resources right there where the protests are happening. And they cordon them off. So they've left the entire rest of the city largely unpatrolled. And, of course, long ago, they presumed the monopolistic authority to patrol it for the safety of the streets. And now they are neglecting that they're being derelict in duty on 95% or 98% of the city, while all of their resources are where the protest is happening. And instead of just letting these people protest and have their protest and say what they want to say and, you know, do their chanting and do their, their holding up their signs and, you know, express their concerns, express their fears and everything else. Maybe have just a few people there to make sure it doesn't get out of hand and to call in reinforcements if it does. Maybe, I don't know, have some officials show up and say that they stand with them and that they too don't want the police to keep murdering people. If they did that, that protest would happen. And then the people would disperse, just like with the protests of the lockdowns. The protests of the lockdowns happened. They they said what they had to say, and then they went home. Instead, they're cordoning off the protesters. And then they basically open fire on the protesters with tear gas and pepper balls and everything else. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, the the, the opening uh, intro that we showed uh, for this uh, episode was all the examples of the police just running roughshod over people and treating them like, you know, even worse than enemy combatants, treating them like the scum of the earth, the way that they're treating them for not dispersing in a timely manner. So they're creating all this violence here while leaving the entire rest of the city open to opportunistic people who take that opportunity to loot and to set things on fire and pillage and everything else. Now, a lot of the so if if you were around for the opening video, uh, first of all, that song is um, Papillon by the Narcissist Cookbook, who uh, lets us use his music. So first, thank you to Matt Johnson yes, for allowing us to do that. Um, but also a lot a lot of those clips that you see, you'll see a woman walking down the street and she's just walking away and she gets shot or. Yep. The police, you see people starting to like ride away or ride their bikes or whatever. And the police run down the road and just spray pepper spray at everybody, even though they aren't in the act of committing any crime at the time. They're literally dispersing. And they're treating them like the enemy. And in fact, I shouldn't even say that because as we keep saying, the military fighting overseas have a more strict rules of engagement that they have to use. Than the, than the police do here. And we're going to get into later why that is and why that needs to end and how we're, how that's going to be ended. But the bottom line is that the police created the conditions for the protests and then they create the petitions for the protests to turn into riots and then they create the conditions for the entire rest of the city to be left unpatrolled, which allows these, you know, protest, these, these, you know, looting and everything else to happen. So at every single step, the police state has created the conditions that we are living under in these areas where these things are happening and whether it's because of just, you know, gross incompetence and a terribly defined game plan 
and you know, in, a, in, a, in just a mentality of treating people like the enemy all the time, or if it's because it's intentional and they want the conditions to be like that. And they want there to be looting so that they can say, see, look, you need our military, militaristic police state. We need to have more, you know, military style weapons. We need to be trained to treat everyone like, you know, we're in a war zone. Whichever it is, they're the ones who created these conditions. And it needs to end. So luckily, we have a level-headed president who understands that in a time like this, you need to be careful about the words that you are using yes. in order to not incite further escalation of these protests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from the safety of his bunker, Trump took to Twitter and weighed in on the problem, uh, growing in the nation with normal with his normal level-headedness and demeanor, mm-hmm. calm yeah. demeanor we know him for, uh, where he said... I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis, a total lack of leadership. Either the very weak radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the national guard and get the job done. Right. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. And I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. Which most boomer post ever. Oh, yeah. Just a strong grasp of the English language and incredible poetic. Very poetic. Now, he's right. He is right. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. (laughs) He was talking about the wrong thugs. He was but, talking about the wrong But thugs. that's correct. He is correct. The thugs that created these conditions and then furthered the creation of these conditions are absolutely dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. Um, you'll notice that Trump is kind of casually talking about using the military in our neighborhoods to protect us against our own frustrations against the police who created the conditions that we have. So that's great. Uh, now, also continuing to tweet from his bunker. Now, so now the National Guard has been deployed in many cities uh, as the violence has continued to grow largely, again, from the police. Um, now, if in, in the opening video, um, I thought about taking all of these video clips and using them again, but I didn't want to overdo it because a lot of them are really violent and kind of disturbing. But in the opening video, uh, there is a, a scene where you see the police walking down a residential street yelling yep. at people to go inside. You can't hear this because we have the music over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go up to a house and they're saying, get inside, get inside. And then you hear them say, light them up. And they start shooting them with paint pellets or uh, the, I can't think of what those things are. The called. Pepper balls. Pepper. Okay. Pepper balls. Yeah. Um, start shooting them with that. These people were sitting on their front porches in a residential area, which if you take a look around, nobody's outside They're nothing what nobody was doing anything they literally shot at someone on their porch for being on their porch at no point is it acceptable for if someone if they don't have the the authority to order people off their own porches and even if they did 
shooting at them with less than lethal weapons, which incidentally can still kill people, is completely unacceptable. This is the mentality of, yes, the thugs who are creating these conditions, that they can simply march through our neighborhoods and treat us however they wish. That has created these protests. That has turned these protests into riots. Their refusal to simply do their job and protect and serve, which is what's on the side of their freaking cars, their refusal to do that has created conditions where the entire rest of the city is left unpleased, and because they long ago told us that we weren't allowed to protect our own neighborhoods, it leaves us completely wide open to looters and everything else. They did this. And now, thankfully, Donald Trump, who is in a bunker for some reason, I, I, I have no idea why, and there's been uh, nothing that has happened that has uh, can, made so, the conditions that Trump needs to be in a bunker. So when... The protests were going on outside the White House. Um, I guess they got heated, I'm going to say, probably from tear gas and pepper spray. Probably. Just yeah. just my guess. Um, but a few Secret Service agents that were outside ended up getting injured, and they took him underground after that. So anyway, so he is now he's attacking mayors, governors, and anarchists. Apparently this is the anarchist fault yeah he 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 started going after anarchists real hard this week and um i thought that was as somebody who identifies as an anarchist now i I, you know i don't want to get too big on myself here but (laughs) what recently happened that's kind of biggish news that would lead Trump to freaking lose it on anarchists. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could be, it's a mystery. Because the Libertarian Party elect, nominated an anarchist to be the VP nominee. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Like, could it be? You're you're drawing that parallel? I mean, do you have a better one? I was going to say that he finished watching um, Mr. Robot and uh, he was angry that it was over, so he decided to go after all anarchists. How was that a better theory? You probably don't want me to say that out loud. Well, Um, I think it's... (laughs) I like my new theory. Uh, everyone you share okay everyone in the in the in the comments you you share with us which one you think whose theory is better that it was because the third largest political party in america nominated an anarchist to be their vp this guy right here or trump just finished watching mr mr robot mr robot charlie porter is on my side and my name is Matt, by the way, Charlie, instead of Guy on left. Um, guy on left. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Porter is on my side for this entire episode, and he is becoming, he is slowly becoming one of my favorite people watching this show. Guy on left. That is now your name. You're the guy on right. No, everyone knows who I am, Guy on left. Oh, man. He called he called you guy on right earlier. Oh. Oh, then never mind. I, then I don't like him anymore. Um 
so not to be outdone by his newly founded hate of anarchists, he has decided to designate Antifa as a terror group. Because of course, of course, this is definitely the fault of the organization that there is no actual organization. That's that's definitely it's, it's definitely that again. You have an no, organization. You, you have an organization that's not an organization. It's just a no bunch of people thing. with an idea. Yeah, there is no leadership. Nobody's and incidentally, member. the idea is anti-fascism. So, because when we hear Antifa, we think of like the black bloc. We think of the people that go and put, you know, uh, and, and attack people, or they go and and you know start fights with cops, or they go and uh, you know they'll put uh, you know uh, bike locks in socks and you know try to hit people in the head and stuff like that. You know, and they, they get into the violent, you know, the non-defensive violence. That's not all of Antifa. If you are against fascism, you are Antifa. You Antifa is just short for anti-fascist. So if you are not a fascist, if you are against fascism, if you are not either fascist or neutral on fascism, then you are Antifa. If you're a libertarian, you are neutral on fascism. You know, it's like, ah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fascism, I mean, maybe they have some good points. I don't know. If you're not... Like, legitimately, he's going after anarchists and people who are against fascism. Against fascism. Against fascism. He is going after the members of Muddied Waters Media and pretty much everybody that listens to us. He is going against the entire libertarian movement. He's going against most Republicans and Democrats. Most people... Yeah. Most people are are not either fascist or fascist adjacent slash neutral fascist fascism curious most of us look at fascism and go yep no i am anti that right right but now if you're anti-fascist you can be designated a a member of a domestic terrorist organization you are now a member of a or if he actually does this you will be a member of a terrorist organization and if you are a member of a terrorist organization, according to the laws set forth in the Patriot Act and the use of the NDAA and the use of uh, authorization of military force and all the other ridiculous laws that we've been speaking out against for years, you don't need a trial. You don't get a trial. You don't get an attorney. You don't get a chance to do process. You don't have protections against being tortured. You don't have protections against extraordinary rendition where they take you to a foreign country for some reason where you can be tortured ways that you couldn't be tortured on U.S. soil. They can do whatever they want to you as long as you're against fascism. A government that makes it illegal to be against fascism and has been, uh, you know, a, a government that, that not only makes it illegal to be against fascism but says that you don't have any due process against it has tipped their hand a little more than I think they meant to. Melissa Melissa Marie over on YouTube says he's going to call anti-Oompa Loompas a terrorist group next. Well, that's and, not a problem because I actually, um, I like Oompa Loompas. But, right. <laughs> but um, first they came for the anti-Oompa Loompas and I did nothing because I didn't like, because I do like Oompa Loompas. Uh, <laughs> but then they came for me and it was and just me and the, 
and there was no one left but me and the Oompa Loompas. Um, now, Trump, I just, okay, before I say this, I had this whole other bit planned, and then he had to go and open his mouth last night, because my bit was going to be funny, but not as, but I can't do it now because of what he did last night. So one, I'm angry at Trump for what he did last night, and two, nobody in the world will ever see this bit now. Um, It's unfortunate. I know, but he's, so he was faced with the opportunity to attempt to quell the violence in the, in the nation to, to unite the country. Yeah. Which we all know he's great at. Perfect. That's, that's his thing is uniting the country. Yeah. He, he is the great uniter. Um, but instead what, well, America needs creation, not destruction, cooperation, not contempt, security, not anarchy. Healing, not hatred. This is because of me. I don't care. Justice, not chaos. This is our mission, and we will succeed 100%. We will succeed. Our country always wins. That is why I am taking immediate presidential action to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans, including your Second Amendment rights. Therefore, the following measures are going into effect immediately. First, we are ending the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country. We will end it now. Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. I am also taking swift and decisive action to protect our great capital, Washington, D.C. What happened in this city last night was a total disgrace. As we speak, I am dispatching thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers, military personnel, and law enforcement officers to stop the rioting, looting, vandalism, assaults, and the wanton destruction of property. We are putting everybody on warning. Our 7 o'clock curfew will be strictly enforced. Those who threaten innocent life and property will be arrested, detained, and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law I want the organizers of this terror to be on notice that you will face severe criminal penalties and lengthy sentences in jail. This includes Antifa and others who are leading instigators of this violence. Luckily, we can honestly say we are not instigators of this violence. We do not condone the violence against others. 
and the destruction of private property. Um, no, we, we definitely do not. Um, we can, also... Can we, can we just focus really quick? I wish I had just made a clip of him saying this one word, but the way he says, Tara. Tara. He Tara. wants to stop Tara. He wants to stop Tara. Now, in, initially, you notice he said America will win. America always wins. He has just said that the, the people protesting words. are not America. Are not the people America. saying that they don't want the police to continue murdering people are not America. America are the police marching down and now the military marching down our streets and neighborhoods and shooting at us if we don't go into our homes. So there's two things here. If you were one of the people that was happy that the government was making everyone stay in their houses, this is the final logical conclusion of that. So you're welcome. If you are someone who is saying, no, 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 I want to be able to go out and do my thing, and now you're suddenly okay with the police telling everyone to go and stay in their houses, then you're more concerned about being able to live a convenient life than you are about people being able to say that they don't want to be murdered by the police. So everyone's kind of wrong here. All of the statists on both sides are wrong here and voted in what we now have. And the Democrats aren't going to fix this. The Democrats will just put a nice rainbow face on it and give everyone glitter and tell everyone how wonderful it is. But they'll do the exact same thing the police state existed from 2008 to 2016, continued to grow during that time. In fact, the biggest part of the ramping up of the militarization of the police happened during the Obama years. So this is not a, oh, well, you know, Joe Biden will fix this. No, he won't. Joe Biden is part and parcel of all of this. And uh, Donald Trump is just continuing what everyone else before him has. He's ramped it up to the next level. And if he's replaced by a Democrat, they'll continue to ramp it up to their next level. But we Joe are Biden. now... Joe Biden is partially responsible for the greatest, the largest mass caging of black people in history. Yep. Between the drug yep. war, between the Clinton crime bill. Mm -hmm. um, and if you just, and if you go outside of black people and you start looking at uh, minorities of all kinds, uh, the largest deportation record under Obama. Yep. Um, and the, uh, the Patriot Act, not, he didn't do the Patriot Act. He did the, the skeleton of the Patriot Act, what the Patriot Act was based on. Like he is a big reason for everything that's happening. Every single thing now. that's happening right now. He was and, voting for all that stuff all the way up until 2008 and was a huge part of implementing it under, you know, and encouraging its implementation during the Obama administration. And that's before you get into him. You know, we're talking about cops standing by while other cops murder people. Joe Biden stood by while Barack Obama started a genocide in Yemen, yep. which makes as horrific as what the police did to George Floyd and to Breonna Taylor, imagine that happening on a scale of millions. That's what Barack Obama started in Yemen with Joe Biden standing right there. And he now says, oh, I was against that starting. You did nothing to stop it. Did nothing to you stop did not resign. You were just like all the good cops that sit there and watch the bad cop hurt people and do nothing. That's Joe Biden. And then, of course, when Donald Trump came in, he has ramped up all of it. He's ramped up the militarization of the police state. He's ramped up the genocide in Yemen. He's ramped up everything that was given to him. Republicans and Democrats hold hands and impose fascism on you. And again, 
It is fascism. And let's be clear, it is not accidental that the government has now effectively made it illegal to be against fascism. And not just illegal to be against fascism, but illegal, but you have no due process because you've been labeled a terrorist for being against fascism. Again, they've 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 shown their hand a little bit more than I think they re- they meant to, but it is now it is now effectively illegal to be against fascism in any substantive way other than just saying, "Yeah, I I don't I don't like fascism, guys." That's unless you're doing this is about the most you can do is just say you're against it. Right. And that's a problem. If you go out and protest in any way and say you are against fascism, you are now a terrorist. Yep, and the military is coming to get you. On our own neighborhoods and, and our own streets. And this is a picture. I, I, we don't have it in the notes. Uh, Going to hopefully be able to pull it up. Yeah, this yeah. Is yeah, we can see. DC right now. Do we have it? We don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see. Okay. No, we don't have it in the notes. This is outside of DC right now, where the military is surrounding DC, the area of DC, waiting for the order. Republicans for years, years have said we can't get rid of the Second Amendment because we will end up in a police state. It continued to get whittled down and whittled down. Thank you to the people at the NRA who continue to approve these things. Yep. Um, and, and write them. Rules. Write some of those bills, and, too. True, true. Yep. Um, I was thinking R-I-G-H-T when you said that initially, and I was like, what? Um, no, they wrote them. They helped write some right. of them. So because of the NRA, because of multiple Republican-backed legislation, they whittled it down, they whittled it down, and now a Republican president is threatening a full-on authoritarian police state in the nation. And anybody who is against fascism, who wants to fight back, is now a terrorist. Or even just be vocal and open and active against fascism because they're not waiting for you to fight back they're waiting for you to refuse to leave your own porch they're waiting for you to stay at a protest five minutes after the curfew they're waiting for you to be in their way when they charge down the street and now you're a terrorist right because then you will just be labeled as antifa or anti-fascist yep You'll be labeled against fascism and therefore a terrorist. And if you have a Gadsden flag or a libertarian flag or an ANCOM or an ANCAP or whatever flag that you're you anti-fascist. Fly, yep. You're going to be anti-fascist and you, you are, are anti-fascist. Now a and again, because of the conditions that were created by the police state, both in getting people worked up with murdering people, which tends to work people up, and then in creating the perfect conditions for rioting and looting attacking the protesters who are being peaceful and leaving the rest of the city open to opportunists to to loot and pillage. That is what they have done. And now they're using it as a pretext to militarize. They're going straight past military police. They're just bringing the military and sending the military in. That's what they have done. Funny side note. Remember all those protests that were happening a couple weeks ago, a month ago and so forth, and people were protesting the lockdowns? Do you see a lot of this stuff happening with pepper balls and all that stuff? Nope. You want to guess why? It's not why you're thinking. It's not why you're thinking. Because they had weapons. It's because they had guns. 
Turns out if you got a thousand angry people together with guns, even if they have no intention of using them, the last thing the police want to do is start firing pepper balls at them. Remember that protest in, uh, what was that, three months ago? Uh, on the Martin Luther King uh, 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 weekend, uh, they had a big protest, big anti-gun uh, uh, control protest in Richmond, Virginia, capital of Virginia. Tens of thousands of gun owners marching through the streets with, with uh, Trump's, uh, Trump's uh, ascent there. Trump was happy about that. They were marching through the streets, demanding... Oh, What's that? The one in Richmond? Yeah, the one in Richmond. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tens of thousands of people. This was in back in February. Right. No one even got arrested there. And they the went way peaceful day in Richmond history. Most peaceful day in Rich- Richmond. There were people with guns everywhere. Protests in Michigan, people walking into the state house with guns. I got news for you. None of those people with guns had any intention of starting a fight. And none of those police had any, any intention of starting a fight. Right. Firearms are the difference between what we saw in those protests and what we've seen in these protests. And now some will say, well, no, it's because they were white. There are a lot of white people in these protests. There were obviously in, in, in the three minute video that we showed. There most are- of those. I don't know if it's most. It's, it's probably about fifty. A good number of them are white. It's a probably fifty-fifty, but white. yeah, a good number of them are white. There is a there are two white girls in that video specifically that get chucked. The police just launch them, and one of them hits her head on the curb, and it looked painful. If these protesters out here that were protesting George Floyd's death had weapons the same way that those anti-lockdown protesters did, this would be an entirely different situation because it turns out police don't like starting fights with a lot of people with guns. Right. And you can take that however you want to, whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, whatever. The fact of the matter is police can't treat you like, you know, human chattel if one out of every two or three of you has got a gun. They're not going to do it. They're not going to tear gas. They're not going to shoot pepper balls because there's a bunch of firearms out there and they are outnumbered. And they know it. So something to think about there when it comes to gun rights. It's the difference between them saying, uh, yes, everyone, please disperse at your convenience. Please. Thank you. And them treating you like the enemy and running roughshod over you. Something to think about. Real quick over on YouTube, Charlie Porter says, I'm sorry. I honestly forgot your name, but guy on right. If you win the White House, will you try to get Matt left? which is funny because my name's Matt Wright, uh, on your cabinet and what position? <laughs> uh, if so, what do you believe the appropriate position would be? We actually were just talking about this. We did. I think we talked about it last week. I'm not By the way, my name uh, is Spike Cohen, Charlie. Um, so we were talking about this, and I think, I think you hadn't decided yet. Yeah. I think um, you hadn't decided yet what you wanted. Yeah, press secretary, chief of staff, something like that. I mean, I don't think they can force me to have someone else as my press secretary, so. No, I don't think so. So, yeah. He'll be my press secretary. Or my chief of staff. Actually, I think Matt Hicks is going to be my chief of staff at this point. Because he's been killing the game. He would be great press secretary. Could you imagine the answers he would give to the press? Oh, wow. He and I can go tandem on both. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys could just be sort of the... It'd be the metacular 
the Matt Tacular chief of staff press secretary. You'll just be team Matt Tacular. Right. You're both my press secretaries and my and chiefs of staff. Right. And we would work together on everything. Oh, I like that. Well, if for no other reason, America, you have to elect. If you want the Matt Tacular every single day for America, in your the homes, Matt Tacular questions to the media, probably wearing a Chris Reynolds law shirt as opposed to the why the hell not? Why why the hell not? Um, oh, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, ChrisReynoldsLaw dot com. Where's his head? Where's Chris's head? I don't know where Chris's head is. <laughs> that sounded so morbid. Where's his head? Oh, it's over there. It's over there. Chris, imagine Chris's face right here. Right, right there. If you don't know what Chris looks like, don't worry. Tune in next week. You'll see it. Actually, tune in right now because our next oh, segment point. is the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. That's his face right there. Chris Reynolds Law brought to you by Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, if you are in the Tampa Bay area of Florida, or I guess if you're in Florida, period, uh, and you have been personally injured in a way that could be monetized, uh, be sure to reach out to Chris Reynolds. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. And now we have the Chris Reynolds attorney at Law Anchor call-in moment where we take uh, all week long, we encourage you, our loving listeners and watchers and followers, to go, holy hell, that's a lot of plays. Uh, we go to go over to uh, to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters and leave your questions for us. We have three questions uh, tonight, now Matt, we have something in the notes here from Chris Reynolds. Is that something oh, we're sharing before? It's it it's going to come into play in a little bit. Don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, and so uh, let's start the questions here. The first one is from the amazing, amazing. Has made my life much easier in the past two weeks, Mister Matt Hicks. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the. Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor, call in line. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the president um, waffling, potentially invoking the Sedition Act, potentially not, and how that could possibly play out in states where the governors just flatly reject federal assistance. And you can't see it because it's uh, a phone call, but I did air quotes around assistance. Anyway, thank you for taking my call. Hashtag Laser Legend. So, thank you, Laser Legend Matt Hicks. I actually did, uh, since I now screen these uh, to make sure that we don't get any inappropriate calls, um, I listened to this earlier. So, I actually have an answer already keyed up for this one. Um, uh. Whenever you're looking at the states that are going to be saying, no, we don't want the military. We don't want your government assistance, as you put it in your thing. Um, right. The government assistance. Uh, the answer from the federal government is going to be, okay, well, you don't have to accept the military presence. You don't have to accept this. But you will get no federal bailout money to help you fix the cities that are harmed during the riots because you know all of them are going to ask for it. Yep, Every they're... one of them are going to ask for it. So if you don't want the government assistance, you're not going to get the government assistance, if that makes sense. And states like California will buckle. States like New York will buckle. States like 
well, you know, you you have the list already in your mind. They are going to buckle and take the militarized forces because they know that they are going to ask the government for money to help bail them out, to give these, to give everybody money to help rebuild. And that's the thing. They control the purse strings. So yeah, they don't have to take it, but they can't. Now here's the thing. The insurrection act is specifically written in such a way. It's supposed to be that the military is used if the states have exhausted all other options and all of their means to do so. We are not even close to being in that kind of a situation. There have been some protests and there have been some riots that, again, have become about as a direct result of how the police have handled this. And there's been some looting that, again, has come about as a direct result of how the police have neglected the entire rest of the city so that they can treat this protest over in this one section of the city like a war zone. We've been and 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 that's the situation where we're not in a situation where the you know where the the states are at their last and you know the the, the states are going to crumble if someone doesn't step in and and save them at the last minute that's what the insurrection act was supposedly for it was not for the president to militarize the country because he doesn't like this type of protest which is let's clear that's let's be clear that's what this is this is the same president that was fine with the anti-gun with the pro-gun protest because they were people that were supporting him for the most part, not all, but for the most part, for the most part, Um, he was fine with the anti-lockdown protest to some extent, but this one protesting police brutality, Trump loves police brutality. I mean, he's called for the police to be brutal. He's told the police to be rough on people that they're arresting. He's told the police to rough up people uh, at his, uh, at his rallies. This is, what he likes, he likes the police to be rough on people because because of his position, he knows they'll never touch him. So he doesn't care how they treat everyone else because he's incredibly wealthy and powerful. He doesn't need the police. He has his own security. So how they treat us doesn't matter as long as he keeps them away, keeps us, keeps us away from him and people like him. That's all he cares about. And so that that's the situation we're in right now. And yeah, no, that's that's what happens. They he controls the purse strings and uh, is going to militarize the entire country and turn our neighborhoods neighborhoods into war, war zones and occupied regions whenever people do something he doesn't like. Now, last night I was in a completely separate text message conversation with uh, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, and this is a legitimate word for word text that he sent me, and I thought that it was very. Apropos for this question, uh, states have ceded power to the executive branch for decades in return for money. The federal government might be as powerful as it's ever been. That is 100% true. Um, We are on the brink of a revolution. If Trump deploys the military to states, it will explode in a way no one in a way no one is in control anymore. It would be a civil war. In another time, Trump wouldn't do as much harm. We got him at the worst time. This might honestly be worse than if he was president during a world war. And this a hundred percent true. Everything that has been leading up to George Floyd was a powder keg waiting to blow. Yep. If you just take a look, take a look at 2020. We start out with impeachments. Uh, I can't remember why, but for some reason we were on the brink of world war three. Uh, the democratic primaries. Were oh, with on. North Korea. Yeah. 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 
um, I was like, I remember that we were on the brink, but I don't remember why, because 2020, like, I am glad I'm not going to have to study 2020 in the history books later, because oh that chapter gosh, is imagine? going to be an entire book. Well, and now uh, Yellowstone is starting to have uh, right. earthquakes, tremors. Yeah. Um, then you get COVID. They locked up everybody. The division Everyone. in the country is at its all-time highest. You lock everybody into their homes for months. You start seeing, like, everybody's watching the news. Everybody's at home. They don't have anything else to do. Yep. You see the murder of uh, Ahmoud Arbery. Yep. You see the murder of Breonna Taylor. You see the murder, and then you see the murder of George Floyd, and people are sick. They're, they've got cabin fever, and then they are just sick and tired of the police brutality. Duncan Lemp. I forgot Duncan Lemp. Duncan Lemp, yeah. yeah. Because never forget Duncan Lemp. Nope. Um, they got sick and tired of it. They see this murder happen, and it just all boiled over. Like somebody lit that fuse, and it blew up. And there now, was no stopping it. Instead yep. of trying to put out the fire, Trump is legitimately throwing more gunpowder into it to ignite it even more. And granted, I know this is a political move because he thinks it's going to get him reelected. And honestly, he's probably right. He, it it he may very well. Probably we don't know. right. Of course, that's unless you vote for Jorgensen Cohen. Jorgensen Cohen. Um, because and let's just step back for a second. If you are against what's happening right now, Joe Jorgensen and I are the only legitimate chance of stopping this. Joe Biden is not going to stop this. Donald Trump is going to continue this. Joe Biden's going to continue this. So if the theme here of this show is if you actually want an end to this, if you want safer streets, if you want the police brutality to stop, if you want demilitarization of the police, if you want to end the wars, if you want us to be freer and safer and healthier... Joe Jorgensen, Spike Cohen. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty much it. So yeah. that's... So, yeah. Yes. Right now, we are at a time where all of this could have been predicted by people much smarter than I am. Um, I mean, the murder I mean, hornets? Like, I think some of this yeah, stuff just couldn't couldn't be predicted. Well, murder hornets, no. Nobody would have predicted murder hornets. But everything, like, the the riots could have been predicted... Because you got everybody at a divisive point, then you locked them in their own houses for months. That's true. And you get cabin fever, and and we're all watching the same thing over and over again. Yeah, over and over again. You're scrolling yeah. Facebook, and you're seeing Brianna Taylor, same exact you're seeing same. Duncan mm-hmm. Limp, you're seeing um, uh, Ahmoud Arbery, you're seeing. Then you see George Floyd, and it's just like, okay, when is enough enough? Yep. And this happens. That's an excellent point. And who worse to have in in office than a true reactionary? Because for all of the terrible things about a Joe Biden or a Hillary Clinton, and we are certainly not saying that they are good by any stretch. There are are times when they are, are considerably worse than Trump would be on a given subject. But on something like this, he's a reactionary. And it, it is inarguable that this is worse this specific thing is worse because Trump is president compared to uh, a, 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 a Biden or a Hillary. Not much worse, but worse. Not, wor- not, you know, worse enough where they would be a better option because, again, then they're worse on other things. 
I mean, that they basically just amount to bad things. But on this specific subject, having someone who wants to use the military to, you know, protect the streets, whatever that means to him, this is not going to be good. Also, real quick, big shout out to uh, user K, uh, C. Shunda. Or, sure, we're going to go with C. Shunda over on Float, F L O T E slash uh, F-L-O-T-E dot A-P-P slash Muddied Waters Media for the uh, $20 that they just gave us. Oh, wow. These rants. So, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If anybody's not on Float, F-L-O-T-E, it's a great, it's a great uh, social media platform. The video quality. The best out of all of best. these. Better than the YouTube, best. better than Facebook, better than uh, Periscope, also, all of them. They also don't ban you. They don't censor you. They don't ban you. you. They don't Open source. Yep. It's just the Check best experience. Yeah, float.app slash Muddy Waters Media. And uh, you can see all of our stuff there. Um, you can also send us money. You can send us money, which is another reason we, we really like them. We really um, like them. So, okay, so here is our next question from laser legend Matt Hicks. Hey, guys, it's Matt Hicks again on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor call in line. Uh, this question is specifically for Matt Wright. Um, oh. Could you please tell me why Spike looks so sad? I mean, even when he laughs and smiles, he looks sad, and it makes me sad. Are we Hashtag laser it? legend. Uh, it's because of um, generations of Jewish oppression still within his blood. That's actually a good answer. <laughs> Thank you. I thought about, I thought about that one for like. But 10 why do I look was... sticky? Isn't that the other part also, of that, that I look like there, I'm sticky? Uh, if you go over to, uh, if you find Muddied Waters Media on Apple and you give us a five-star review and leave just the goofiest negative review about Spike, we will read it live on the air. Like the one that said I look sticky. Right. Don't know why, but he looks sticky. I don't look sticky. I'm not going to start wearing makeup to to, you know, not have any shine at all. Folks, I'm not sticky. I have a normal amount of human oil. We also don't have makeup in the budget for the show. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no ma- makeup budget. I'm not going to start wearing foundation. Goodness, it looks sticky. What do we have next? Oh, uh, okay, we have one less. Uh, oh, from Jacob LaBelle, we have a question. We, we actually have another one. You just got to reload that page. We got oh. one during this. Oh, well, dear. Oh, dear. But yeah, we do have one from Jacob LaBelle. I did not screen the other one. Oh, good. Well, we're all going to hope for the best on that one, but here's one from Jacob LaBelle. Hey, guys. Uh, Jacob LaBelle here, uh, long-term Minnesotan. Um, we're all safe and sound for the moment, most of us. Um, seriously loaded, loaded question for uh, both uh, Dr. Jorgensen and Mr. Cohen. Um, if elected, would you actively work, uh, toward the dissolution of the United States government? Thanks. No, uh, that's not actually a priority of the Jorgensen Cohen administration. And I say that as 
a philosophical anarchist. Our goal is to uh, reduce state harm that uh, allows so that we can live better lives. So, for example, our uh, prescription, our policy prescription for the military is not to completely disband the military, but simply to end the wars, bring the troops home, and keep whatever military is sufficient to uh, protect us against aggression. And we'll discover together how much is necessary to protect us from aggression. I suspect it won't be very much, but that is our goal. And, uh, you know, for the war on drugs, the, the goal is to end the war on drugs and to, uh, to uh, eliminate the restrictions on them. So, I mean, there, there are many things that we propose that would dissolve state power over certain parts of the market, but a, a total dissolution of the government, no, that's not on the, that's not on the agenda uh, was not on the agenda when I was running before. Uh, the agenda is harm reduction. Reduce the harm uh, and end systems of harm that are coming from government. Um, so that was always the case. And I guarantee you, I know that was for both me and Joe. I guarantee you that's her answer as well, uh, that she is not uh, looking to dissolve the United States government. So now we are going to listen to this one all together for... Joseph Ziegler, if you are uh, still watching over on YouTube, hit record on your phone or whatever right now. Yeah. So we can all witness this together. Hi. Um, I'm a relatively new listener, and I was I wanted to ask a question about non-aggression, mm-hmm. uh, the non-aggression principle. And what I specifically wanted to know was that um, when we're talking about justice, how much force is appropriate in response to someone, you know, taking the active use of force. Like, you know, I think it's pretty relevant because of all the George Floyd's uh, protests and stuff. But um, I've heard two different things from libertarians, from libertarians about it. And one is that you can respond proportionally to the amount of force used uh, within the realm of justice. And the other one is that you should use the minimum amount of force possible um, in response. Uh, that's all I really have, but thank you. Joko that's... 2020? Joko 2020. Um, Joko 2020. Um, so that's a good question. So, And Joseph, thank you for calling in. We do appreciate it. Anybody yeah, else? thank you. Anchor.fm slash muddiedwater slash message. Yeah, we always love to hear uh, questions, especially from first-time people. And I'm really grateful that that was like a legit question. I was a little concerned. I, I'm always concerned uh, uh, when we get a new person. I think, oh, no. what's about to happen? So especially when we haven't listened to it already. Uh, so proportionality versus minimalism. So I, there's not much, so there's a fine line between the two, right? So proportionality is the the idea that the stereotype of the non-aggression principle is that, and you'll hear this a lot, is that, you know, if you own a piece of property and someone, you know, walks by and their foot touches the outside perimeter of your property, they have committed aggression against you and therefore you can drop tactical McNukes on them or you can, you know, uh, uh, you know, enslave them and their children because they were the first ones to do aggression and anything you do to them afterwards is, you know, an act of defense. It's a defensive action and so you can do whatever you want. That's nonsense, obviously. Um, 
proportionality is the idea that, and there's some subjectivity to it because it's ultimately up to the people who are arbitrating such a thing uh, to determine what is proportional. But it is with the idea that you, whatever level of force or or counter-aggression, defense, is needed to stop and not just stop, but actually prevent the continued aggression. So, for example, if I were to try to punch someone and they were to, you know, they, they can choose to just block my punch or they can choose to block my punch and punch me back. It would be arguable given the situation that they wouldn't have the right to pull out a gun and shoot me. Now, maybe if they are an elderly person that doesn't really have the ability to defend themselves and, you know, my punching them is actually potentially a threat to their life, then that's a different situation. But given a typical situation, punching back or fighting back would be proportionate. Um, The idea of using minimal force, that's more of a judgment call than anything. Because there are some people that maybe aren't pacifists where they would just sit there and let you punch them, but they only want to use whatever minimal amount of force would be allowed to stop that person. So for example, I'm trying to punch someone, so all they do is push me back or, or, or block me and say, stop punching me, I don't want to fight you. And they just keep doing that until I stop uh, or until someone else intervenes or something like that. Whereas someone with proportionality would say, no, I can fight back to stop them, uh, to, to, you know, to stop you. I may initially just block you, but eventually I'm going to fight back because you started a fight and I can use proportional force to stop you. So one is more of a, I guess, a moral slash judgment call. And the other one is more of a what within the guidelines of the, of the NAP and within the guidelines of the ideas of non-aggression, what is allowed. Um, I tend to side on the idea of trying to use minimal force with the idea that if they don't stop, you can escalate it into something more. Um, because I'm just generally a nonviolent person. I, I want to try to find a nonviolent solution to any situation. But if uh, a nonviolent solution is not available, uh, then I then you know that kind of lends itself to having to use uh, more force. As that relates to defensive violence against the state, when you are dealing with an entity like the state, you're now no longer just looking at the moral subject of what is justified. You're also looking at the subject of what is actually effective versus what is just going to make yours and everyone else's life harder. So in general, I tend to say that even if you may be morally justified in using force against the state in a defensive manner, if at all possible, not to do so and to exercise your other options. And, and again, that's, that is up to the individual, but I, I recommend that for two reasons. Number one, I am not, even before I was running for office, I am not in the habit of advising people to break the law. And number two, it usually doesn't work. Very rarely does violence against the state do much more other than cause more violence to come from the state. Um, but in terms of just generally speaking, I think that would be the answer to your question regarding proportionality versus uh, minimal use of force. Matt? I can't think of a single thing that I could add to that to make that a better uh, statement. But man, the comments in YouTube, are they're lit right now. They're so good. Thank you to personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, 
commenting through the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Anchor FM, call-in moment. Yeah, thank you. That's our favorite moment. That is our favorite moment. That is our favorite moment. We are looking for more sponsors to have more favorite moments. We actually have a new sponsor coming soon. Do we? We do. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to tell you. Um, so we do have a new sponsor coming soon. And uh, But yeah, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Thank you so much, Chris. And all of the people that called in, feel free to call in in the future. We'd love to talk to you. And speaking of... Non-aggression. Non-aggression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of non-aggression. Speaking of someone being pretty principled about non-aggression. For a congressman and uh, first libertarian congressman and very brief former uh, libertarian presidential candidate, Justin Amash, announced this week that he is bringing a bill to the floor of Congress to end qualified immunity, which incidentally, Joe Jorgensen and I support 100%. Uh, in a letter to his colleagues, he wrote, nope, nope. He wrote, <laughs> uh, wait, I'm confused now. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, as part of the civil rights act of 1871, Congress allowed individuals to sue state and local officials, including police officers who violate their rights. Starting in 1967, the Supreme court began gutting that law by inventing the doctrine of qualified immunity. Under qualified immunity, police are immune from liability unless the person whose rights they violated can show that there is a previous case in the same jurisdiction involving the exact same facts in which a court deemed the actions to be a constitutional violation. And of course, because this law doesn't allow precedent to be set, there is no precedent. This rule has sharply. I, I added that last bit. This I, rule I, has. I said, yeah, that's say, not well, on. Hang on, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We have an entire history lesson to go through here. Okay, good. This rule has sharply narrowed the situations in which police can be held liable, even for truly heinous rights violations, and it creates a disincentive to bringing cases in, to the in the first place. If a plaintiff knows there is no prior case that is identical to theirs, they may decline to even file a lawsuit because they are very unlikely to win. Even if a plaintiff does file a case, a judge may dismiss it on qualified immunity grounds and decline to decide whether the plaintiff's rights were violated, meaning the constitutional precedent still isn't established, and so the next plaintiff still can't recover. Like I was just saying, sorry. I kind of got ahead of him. Um, so... Qualified immunity, you, you've been seeing it in the news a lot over the last week. Yep. And a lot of people, they kind of, they, they know what it means. It means that the police officers and uh, members of the government they have immunity. It kind of doesn't matter what they do. Right. Let's see how we got here. And thank you to Chris Reynolds for uh, all the help he gave me finding all of this information and explaining some of it to me. Um, So after the 1871 case, which Amash mentions, allowing individuals to sue state and local officials, Pearson versus Ray happened. Now, this was where members of a clergy, I believe it was a clergy group, uh, yeah, of white and Negro clergymen on a prayer pilgrimage to promote racial integration attempted to enter 
a segregated interstate bus terminal waiting room in Jackson, Mississippi in 1961. This was illegal. They were arrested, but that law, but the law that allowed their arrest was found to be unconstitutional in 1965. Okay. They sued the officers who arrested them saying their arrest was unconstitutional, but the jury found with the respondents, i.e. the police, because they could not have predicted the 1965 ruling. Oh, okay. This is how we get, you can't really get false imprisoned by a cop. Because they can never predict what the law is going to be in the future. Right. What a bunch of in 1982, Harlow v. Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court held that the federal government officials are entitled to qualified immunity. They defined it. Qualified immunity balances two important interests. The need to hold public officials accountable when they exercise power irresponsibly and the need to shield officials from harassment, distraction, and liability when they perform their duties reasonably. Reasonably. Key word there. We're gonna. We're, there's a bunch of reasonability yeah, and reasonably yeah. in this, uh, and yeah. it is all very essential. Yeah. Uh, this means that the court granted all government officials immunity for violating constitutional and civil rights, unless the victim of those violations can show that the rights were clearly established. This doctrine shields individuals from criminal prosecution and lawsuits as long as their actions in question were within the scope of their jobs. Or a better way to say this is it is the doctrine that has allowed police officer after police officer to get off unscathed murder after murder, abuse after abuse of innocent people in this country. It allows them to simply say, I was doing my job and I thought that's what I needed to do. I decided that it was reasonable. Next came Malley versus Briggs in 1986. The court held that the court held that qualified immunity does not apply to a police officer when the office wrongfully arrests someone on the basis of a warrant. If the officer who could not reasonably believe that there was probable cause for the warrant, reasonability is determined by the action that an objectively reasonable officer would take. Objectively. Reasonable. Objectively as determined by that officer, which is the opposite of objectively. Sorry, go ahead. You're fine. Um, That's called subjectively. In fact, I don't even have to use quote marks. When an individual who is specifically... In it, they are the ones who are potentially in trouble based on what they decide was reasonable. That is the opposite of object, objective. That is subjective. Sorry. Then Anderson versus Creighton, 1987. The Supreme Court held that when an officer of the law, in this case, it was an FBI officer, conducts a search which violates the Fourth Amendment that officer is entitled to qualified immunity if the officer proves that a reasonable officer reasonable. would have believed that the search constitutionally complied with the Fourth Amendment. Now, again, this is relying on whether or not the officer is reasonable. 
or based on its definition, its legal definition, which the definition of reasonable is just, rational, appropriate, ordinary, or usual in the circumstances. As determined by the officer who will get in trouble if he or she says that they don't think it was reasonable. What do you think they're going to say? They're going to say what they say every time. They're going to say what you would say if you were in that situation. Yeah, it was, it was reasonable. reasonable search. It was a reasonable search. I had every reason to reasonably think that this was constitutional. Yep. You know what the easiest way for them to reasonably think that? They were ordered to do so, even yep. if it was unconstitutional. Well, they told me to. Yeah, I assumed I it. Why, why would I not think? Any reasonable person would think it was constitutional. So now, instead of police officers and federal agents and every other officer of the law, having to apply the law to what they do, they just have to apply their own subjective idea of what they're doing, if it's reasonable to them or not. Well, I got news for you. If they didn't think it was reasonable, they wouldn't have done it. So unless they just flat out murder murder someone on camera, they're and even if they do that, but really, murdering someone on camera is about the only thing they can get in trouble for. Just about anything else, they can conclude that they were reasonable in doing so. I really wish we had kept that Trey Gowdy bit where he was saying, why does it take a video? What? I wish we had kept that. I think I even have that. Keep talking. I think okay. I still have that somewhere. Hold on. Next, 2001, we had Saucier versus Cats. This gave us the saucier test, which is a misnomer because it's not even saucy, much less saucier. Um, Pretty sure that's saucier, but okay, we'll do that joke. Well, there was no way I could do that joke with saucier. That's um, this gave uh, this states that early in a trial, if qualifying immunity is being questioned, it must be proven that first a court must look at whether the facts indicate that a constitutional right has been violated, and if so a court must then look at whether that right was clearly established at the time of the alleged conduct. So like Spike said earlier, before, before I let you rant, cause I'm going to let you rant after I do this segment, uh, looking for court ex- acceptable examples of this is so difficult and the cases have to be spot on exact. Spot on exact. A case that's up for appeal is a case where last November in the Sixth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals, they held that Tennessee cops who allowed their police dogs to bite a surrendered suspect did not violate clearly established law. The victim cited a case where the same court earlier held it was unconstitutional for officers to sick their dog on a suspect who had surrendered by lying on the ground with his hands to the side. That was not sufficient, the court reasoned, because the victim had not surrendered by lying down. He had surrendered by sitting on the ground and raising his hands. Because he didn't lie down with his hands to the side, because he sat down and he put his hands up, it was not the same thing, therefore did not qualify. They will find anything that made it not the exact same thing to get it dismissed another example 
for people who might be, well, that's one example. Another example, in February, the Fifth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals decided a Texas prison guard who pepper sprayed an inmate in his lock cell for no reason did not violate clearly established law. This was because a similar cited because similar cited cases involved guards who had hit and tased inmates for no reason rather than pepper spraying, pepper spraying them for no reason. Qualified immunity needs to end. Needs to end. It just needs to end. Needs this allows the cops to as long as they don't do the exact same thing that some other bad cop did or bad corrections officer or bad federal agent did in the exact same jurisdiction they can walk even if it's determined that it was wrong they don't get in any trouble for it so i found the trey gowdy thing uh and matt just to let you know we at first will not hear the audio but the listener will um so here is the background has confidence in i guess my first question would be why did it take the video I mean, if you have someone who is jogging, who is unarmed, who is shot and killed by officers who aren't officers, they're they're not even law enforcement officers. Why did it take the video? It makes me think back to that, to the shooting in Charleston, where the police officer said he was acting in self-defense and then the video came out. So 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 I I think what people of color want to know is where is the justice before it's on video? Because most of this stuff is not on video. Yeah. There's not really anything to add there. That's no, exactly like he correct. nailed it. He nailed it. And I never thought that I would say that Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy nailed something 100%. No, he did. He, he totally did. gets he... it. For, uh, former, uh, 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 was it state or federal prosecutor? Uh, Federal, I believe. Yeah, a former, pro- he's in South Carolina. Former prosecutor. He gets it. Because that's a whole other thing. They didn't arrest uh, Ahmad Arbery's killers because they saw the video. They arrested him because we saw the video. Yep. Which is interesting at a time when government is talking about trying to control what social media can and can't do. While at the same time making it illegal to be against fascism. George Floyd's murderer, one of them, didn't get third degree murder charges because they saw the video. It's because we saw because we saw the video. That kind of stuff has been happening for as long as law enforcement has existed. Right. And in fact, there's actually some studies showing that the amount of of uh, uh, police violence has been slowly going down. But we're seeing more and more of it. Part of the reason it's going down is because we're seeing more and more of it and we're calling them on it back in the day. When we would hear about bad cases and simply assume that the police were in the right because they said they were, we don't. They don't have that anymore because everyone's got an HD camera walking around now, so it's a lot easier to catch typical. Well, I shouldn't say that to catch police officers who, for whatever reason, choose to harm the people that they're supposed to be serving and protecting. Now. Potential good news. Potential. I'm not going to say it's good news. It's potential good news. Potential. This week, the Supreme Court might announce, and it was, I initially I was reading that it was going to be announced yesterday. Nothing was announced. Nothing was announced and nothing was, they didn't say that they weren't going to take it. And they didn't say that they were going to take it. 
but they announced whether or not I would hear one of the following next cases. Uh, there's 13 cases overall. We didn't include all of them in this. Um, and officers who stole $225,000. A cop who shot a 10-year-old while trying to shoot a non-threatening family dog. Prison officials who locked an inmate in, sewage flooded, in a sewage-flooded cell for days. SWAT team members who fired gas grenades into an innocent woman's empty house. Medical board officials who rifled through a doctor's client files without a warrant. County officials who held a 14-year-old in pretrial solitary confinement for over a month. A cop who body slammed a five-foot-tall woman for walking away from him, which you would have seen in the videos before. Uh, police who picked up a mentally infirm man, drove him to the county line, and dropped him off at dusk along the highway where wow. he was struck and killed by a motorist. This is a sampling, by the way, because, I mean, we're talking about qualified immunity. Just remember, this is stuff that officers and officials did to people just because they wanted to. So when we're talking about thugs and looting and rioting, these are people who do this and then don't get in any trouble for it. Haven't yet. So this this is why we say this often on this show. This is why we're libertarians. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to finish your thing. Go ahead. No, you're fine. The Supreme Court is supposed to be deciding on picking one of these cases for next session. Hopefully they do, because then there will be precedent and qualified immunity has a chance of going away through the judicial. There is a chance. I don't know if it'll pass. I think it really depends on RBG. Probably so. I have no idea if it wouldn't pass, but there is a chance for qualified immunity to go away. And these these cases that were on the screen, the ones that we we didn't go into it, uh, all of the links for all of these cases are, are in, in the, the show notes. notes. Yeah. You can look up all of them. Uh, these are the cases that have allowed cops such as Derek Chauvin, who he had at least 17 excessive force complaints before he killed George Floyd. And I know he shot somebody else and killed him. Yep. This is, but don't blame Amy Klobuchar for don't him. You, it's a, Definitely don't blame don't Amy blame Klobuchar. Her. Definitely not Definitely. her fault. Uh, but these are the cases that allow cops to get away with their crimes. Yep. Allow them to assault and rape and murder us and our neighbors as they see fit. Right. There is a study that was done in, I believe, 2003 on police officers and domestic abuse. 40% of police officers that were surveyed admitted to engaging in domestic violence against their families. 40% admitted to it. Not were convicted, admitted to it. Nearly half admitted to it. I will leave it to you to decide if this type of the way that law enforcement has been 
militarized both in armament and tactics has led police officers to be this way. Whether the type of people who are already this way become attracted to a job that is like this, that has been set up this way, or whether it's some combination of those things. But there is a tremendous violence and abuse problem among the people who the government grants the authority to essentially do whatever they want to us with little to no oversight. This is why we are libertarians. Because every single thing that we think is a good idea and should be a law is enforced at the barrel of a gun that is being held by the people who do this kind of stuff. Steal. Shoot a 10-year-old. Try to shoot a dog that wasn't threatening them. Lock someone in a sewage-flooded cell. Fire gas grenades into someone's home that had nothing to do with whatever they were doing. Going through people's client files without a warrant. Holding a 14-year-old in solitary confinement for a month without trial. Body slamming small ladies for walking away. Taking a, 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 a mentally deficient man, dropping him off at dusk, where he gets killed. These are the people who enforce the things that you think are good ideas. This is why we are libertarians. So hopefully, the Supreme Court makes the right decision here. Here's why. Justin Amash, Representative Amash's law, and I hate to say this, has almost no chance of passing. Do you know why? Because he's not a Republican or a Democrat, and they don't want him to have the victory. For all the justice Democrats right now, and some of the small government, you know, liberty-leaning Republicans who are saying that this is bad, almost zero chance of that bill passing. Because they don't want a non-Republicrat to get a victory in Congress. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it does pass. Or I hope that the Democrats reword what he wrote, pass it as their own thing, and or, or, or the Republicans, whatever. So hopefully this passes in some way. But the odds of them giving Justin Amash a uh, a, a non a, a independent, a libertarian, a, a third party member who apparently, at least as of right now, is not running for re-election, giving him that victory in, a, in an election year, almost no chance of happening. So hopefully the Supreme Court does the right thing here. Um. Akasha and Nico, if I pronounce that wrong, I'm very sorry, over on YouTube, uh, posted, I heard the cop that killed George Floyd knew and worked, whoa, the comments, hang on, knew and worked with Floyd for 17 years. Is that true? Sounds personal, if true. Now, I don't know if they worked together for 17 years. I don't know if they knew each other. They did work at the same club in security together yeah. over past season over like the past christmas season or something like that the owner of the club said both of them worked there she said that the security team that they had at that club was so massive there's a good chance that people who worked it never met each other but she did say that they worked there at the same time i have not heard that 17 years together yeah i haven't heard that it it, it might it might be true but we don't know they did work at the same club but the club owner did say 
I don't know if they knew each other. Yep. Here, let That's me why we let, report on it is because the club owner said she didn't know, and he's not going to admit to knowing. Oh, of course not. Now we've had some people, especially in the last week, who've said, "Yeah, but what about what he did to get arrested?" Well, here's the thing. It was nothing that warranted being slowly choked to death by a cop while you were already being while you were already handcuffed. So let's let's establish that. Here's what it was for: suspicion of using a fake $20 bill. Which he might not have... Let's say it was fake. He may not have known that it was fake. That he was may exactly, have just... What's that? That was exactly what I was going to say. He he there, he lost his job at the club because of COVID. He lost his job because of COVID. He probably only of the had, lockdowns. Yeah. He probably only had access to X amount of dollars. Yep. He may have gotten that 20 as change. We don't know we that no he idea. was some master counterfeiter or not master since he got caught. Uh, but we don't know that he was that. He could have easily gotten that fake 20 and just thought it was real and gave it to somebody. He could have very well. I mean, I remember seeing a study that something like 8% or 10% of money in circulation is counterfeit and people don't even know it. It could have been, it could have, he may have not even known but let's say he did. Let's go ahead with the assumption that he did it. That because times were tough, he was, you know, counterfeiting money or using counterfeit money. Nothing that he did warranted what happened to him to be casually murdered like that. Oh, and by the way, that cop that murdered him. Yeah, his wife. Uh, now, it was before they were married, but his wife uh, was charged with uh, using a uh, writing a, a, a bad check, thirty-two dollar check. Now she did pay it back, and she she got, which was really all they had to do with George. No one murdered her, which is good. We're very right. we certainly don't wish any harm on her. Filed for divorce, so I'm willing to bet that Derek Chauvin was one of the forty percent. Oh, has she filed for divorce? Yeah, the oh. moment he was arrested. Really? Yeah. Well, 40% confirmed. 40% admitted to. Let me And let me say something. Not just because I am running for office, but because I have friends who are police officers. This is not an anti-cop thing. This is about what the institution of law enforcement itself has become. And the fact that until we remove the militarization of the police and qualified immunity and the war on drugs and 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 the the wars against victimless commerce like sex work like drug sales and things like that the police de facto as a means of what of, of actually doing their job as currently stated have to constantly aggress against all of us even if they're doing so in a generally you know peaceful and and, and you know uh, uh amiable manner they are still committing aggression against us and then when they act this way they're committing violent aggression against us and when they destroy our neighborhoods by corralling and and harming protesters and driving them to violence and leaving the rest of the city for for looters they are committing negligent and violent aggression against us and when they use that as a pretext to bring in the military and the national guard they're committing massive violent aggression against us. So this is an institutional thing. This isn't, oh, my friend is a cop. You must be talking bad about him. No, this isn't about your friend. This isn't about my friends. This isn't about my relatives. 
that are in law enforcement. This isn't about your uncle that you love who is a cop. It's not about individual people. It is about the institution of law enforcement and the changes that need to be made because of the harms that that institution is doing to all of us, especially to marginalized communities, communities of color, gender and sexual minorities, religious minorities, ethnic minorities, the poor of all colors, the homeless, immigrants, but all of us really. It needs to end and we need to put it to an end. And Joe Jorgensen and I have actually laid out ideas of dismantling the police-to-prison industrial complex, demilitarizing the police, ending qualified immunity, refusing to cooperate with, uh, in, in a law enforcement manner with states until they change their standards of operation for their state and local police in a way to make it to be more of a way that is in keeping with treating our neighbors like neighbors instead of the enemy and second-class citizens. I honestly don't think that uh, we could add anything else to that to drive this point home anymore. I have a Melissa Marie. I have a question for you. Um, Never mind. I just figured it out. Um, (laughs) What's going on in YouTube? You you kept saying PRB and I didn't know what it meant up until I looked up and somebody else had said probably. And I went, yeah, I think it's probably. Yeah, I, I I had no idea what that meant, and I was trying to read the comments, and I could not understand that. Um, yeah, I don't. There, there's really nothing else we can say about this. Qualified immunity needs to go. Period. It needs to go. The Supreme Court has an opportunity to do this. Justin Amash, if he gets his bill through, great. Like amazing, awesome. will be fantastic. No way Trump signs it. Nope. If he can get it through the House, great. If Trump will absolutely Senate, veto that. Yeah, but Trump will veto it. Uh, so Trump wanted to expand on civil asset forfeiture. Yeah, that's another thing that needs to end. That civil to asset end. forfeiture. That's yeah. another thing that we will put an end to, and that is a top-down federal program. The states have their own their own uh, 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 federal uh, civil asset forfeiture programs, but it is the federal government who dictates how all of those are run. It is them who, who are basically laundering the money and uh, it is, uh, or legally laundering, but still laundering the money. And uh, it is absolutely a federal thing that can end at the federal level and work its way down to ending at the state level. If you take all of the confirmed uh, cases of theft and put them in a column here, and then take all of the it, it, that happened in a given year and take all of the cases of civil asset forfeiture, which is when the government takes the property of someone who has been accused of a crime, not convicted, sometimes not even taken to trial yet, but accused of a crime, and they take all of their property at the very moment that that person could have used that property and money to defend themselves, and instead they use it to fund their prosecution. And if by some happenstance they get found not guilty despite all of that, they then have to sue to get their own property back. Even after they were found not guilty. And of course they don't have any money to sue to get it back because all their money's gone. So if you take all the cases of that civil asset forfeiture and compare it to all the cases of theft 
and burglary. Civil asset forfeiture, there's actually more of that every year than there is private sector burglary. The biggest thief is the government. And that's before we even get into taxes. The biggest thief is government. That absolutely needs to end. So, Spike, how's the campaign? Campaign's going great. We uh, have raised over $100,000. We have had uh, something like 5,000 people sign up. Donate.joj2020.com. We have um, been doing fantastic. We've been... uh, uh, you know, have a ton of people volunteering. I have a ton of people signing up. We're onboarding people left and right. And we are uh, going to be rolling out some viral videos soon. Uh, I have uh, been doing multiple appearances. Joe's been doing multiple appearances every single day. Uh, I am going to, we're going to be at the convention in July. I am scheduled to be the keynote speaker at Anarchon. I am the, uh, yeah, I'm the keynote speaker at uh, the Libertarian Party of Ohio uh, convention happening in July and uh, we're lining up my convention or what's that? Is that an in-person convention or that is an in-person convention mm-hmm. as is Anarchon. Uh, I'm going to, I am, I'm not, what's that? I figured Anarchon would be. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're now in a situation where I am one of the most sought after anarchists for public speaking events. Because of course I am. Because why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't I be? Donald Trump's out here tweeting about me. <laughs> of course I am. Sure. Guy on left. <laughs> no, but the, uh, the, the it's going great. So we will next week. We will have a lot of really cool viral videos to show you. But we have been doing interviews left and right, and. Uh, been having an absolutely fantastic time with it and uh our my followers on my social media have tripled in actually more than tripled in the last uh the last week and a half and uh again thousands of people uh coming in i have a pretty solid uh volunteer team under me now um thanks to the fabulous matt wright and the equally fabulous kim ruff um and uh you know, we're doing big things, man. We're, we're going to, our goal is to spread the liberty message as far and wide. Uh, and I do believe, and I will say this, if we are able to get on the debate stage, which I think we have a very good chance of getting the 15% in the polls needed, I think all bets are off. Because imagine me in between Mike Pence and whoever ends up agreeing to be Joe Biden's running mate and then i can't wait to hear what you're looking at um and then imagine you know joe biden and donald trump with joe jorgensen in between them so i think all bets are off if we can actually get on the debate stage now share with us what is happening right now seth thomas benton said by the way spike nice dale earnhardt color scheme shirt you really are from south carolina and i just thought that was funny um he is a nascar former NASCAR racer. He is the last NASCAR racer to turn right. Um, uh, Dave Hunter (laughs) said, (laughs) I'm trying to win this state, man. Like said, uh, Spike and Matt are just nailing it tonight. And thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, that's almost verbatim a text that I just received from somebody. Um, 
Chris Reynolds said, are you famous enough that I can stop sponsoring every other political ideology yet? Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, I just lost you so many votes in South Carolina. Um, the entire Bible, the entire NASCAR circuit region. These are not the opinions of Spike Cohen. Definitely not. I mean, that was definitely a Sierra quality joke there. Uh, um, well, Melissa, Marie, Go ahead. <laughs> Melissa Marie says her 11-year-old daughter knows who Spike is, and she loves that he's a brony. Yeah. Original brony. The original brony, arguably. The OB. The OB. Possible. The OB. I am possibly brony zero. Um. <laughs> By the way, at the Libertarian Party of Ohio convention, I will be signing that none other than Dan Faust has procured a stuffed spike, uh, the purple dragon plush toy, which I will be signing and we will be auctioning off at LP Ohio. Opening bid, $6,000. That's worth it. It's definitely worth it. You don't it. think it's worth it now, but when I'm the vice president of the United States, that's going to be nothing. That's true. Um, and Casey, if I pronounce your name wrong, I apologize. Casey Dickens uh, from South Carolina, and you've got her. His, you've got Casey's vote. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? I mean, I don't really ha- I think we nailed it. Like we talked about yeah. all these terrible things and how Joe Jorgensen and I are going to fix them. Um again, go to donate.joj2020.com or go to uh joj2020.com and press volunteer uh to uh fill out our volunteer form. We'd love to have you volunteer. Uh be sure to share our social media uh and spread the message of why you think that uh libertarian solutions are the way to solve the problems that we face that often problems that are either created or made worse by government or created and made worse by government uh stay tuned there's gonna be a lot of new viral videos and uh personal videos coming out really cool stuff about what's going on um and uh yeah we're hitting the ground running guys and uh if you can give a shout out to jasmine that'd be great shout out to jasmine someone's calling me right now hold on shout out to jasmine who's jasmine melissa marie's daughter oh yeah shout out to jasmine melissa marie's daughter wait is that the shout out i was supposed to do i don't know i just remember there's a shout out that someone asked me to make for someone Oh, no, 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 no. Stephen Messina asked me to do a shout out with someone when I get interviewed by them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, speaking oh. of which, I'm going I'm going to be on uh, next Tuesday. Well, I don't know when it airs, but next Tuesday, the 9th, I'm, um, I'm being uh, interviewed by Tom Woods, but I don't know when that will actually be released. On, um, on the road with Remzo? Yeah, I was on I was on Remzo's show, a two part. Uh, the first one was introducing Spike Cohen, and the second one was hashtag shirtful thinking. Um, 
I was, I was, I recorded with him Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah. I recorded. Was with it him about Friday. what it's, was it about what it's like to be the man to the left of Spike Owen? About the man who discovered him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's also accurate. Right. Yeah. So guys, uh, uh, Matt Wright, if you're happy that I am your VP pick for the libertarian party, you can kind of thank Matt Wright for that because he had me, uh, do a guest spot on Muddy Waters of Freedom a while back. And I did so amazingly because, of course, that he mm-hmm. offered me a show. Here, I'll let you say it because I like when you say nice things about me. No, uh, Spike filled in, I believe, don't quote me on it, I believe it's like episode 52. Sounds about right. Yeah. And um, he he did a guest co-host with me because the original co-host of this show couldn't make it. And he uh, crushed it. He crushed it so well that not long after that, we brought him onto the Muddied Waters team to make memes for us, or at least share memes, which turned us into the meme page that we are now. Yep. And then when we decided to expand because we were getting a pretty decent base of followers, uh, Spike was the first person I reached out to to have him have his own show because based on that one show and what I'd seen him post online, I knew that he had a message that was important to get out. And because of that, he got, and he accepted, thank God. Um, And he decided to do my fellow Americans. And shortly after that, uh, he became the co-host of this show and the co-owner of muddied waters media. And the rest is history. The rest is history. By the way, I apologize. My shout out to Jasmine wasn't that great because I was confused. Jasmine, thank you so much for being a fan and appreciating that I'm a brony, that we're, you know, MLP for life. And um, thank you for your support. And it's great to have uh, fans of all ages. So shout out to Jasmine. Um, and uh, I apologize because I was the future. Jasmine is the future. Jasmine, you are the power. And I'm Spike Cohen. And, and you future. are the power. Every, I'm I'm Spike Cohen. Everyone else is the power, right? But she's also the future power. She's the future, and she's the power and the future. The future she's power, the power and, right? She's the power and the future. I'm Spike Cohen, and you, Jasmine, are the future power. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I guess that's it. So, folks, uh, we are so. Today's Tuesday. Uh, t- uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, on the very first post-nomination episode of my show, My Fellow Americans, I will be doing an AMA and probably some call-ins because I'm brave. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm just, it's, you know, whatever. Like, if you you know, if someone gets weird, I'll just hang up on them. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I'll probably do some call-ins and some stuff like that. Um and doing uh, lots of fun stuff, uh, answering your questions and uh, kind of updating you on things uh, that's happened in the last 24 hours since this show. And then on Thursday, let me pull up my calendar because I'm just doing stuff all the time. On Thursday, I will be uh, interviewed by Taylor Millard of Hot Air. That should be uh, uh, releasing. So, so much of my stuff is pre-recorded stuff where or, or or interview stuff where they'll then print it um oh on friday at seven uh i will be doing an ama with joe jorgensen my running mate 
um, on uh, our next president, uh, Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, then over the weekend, I'm being interviewed by Johnny Rocket, but that's pre-recorded. Uh, on Sunday, I'm doing Pensive Politics. I'm not sure if that's recorded or pre-recorded or live. But then be sure to tune in next Tuesday right here for the Muddy Waters of Freedom where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's news like the sweet summer boys that we are because it's the summer again and we're sweet summer boys. Matt, if someone were to look for us on this internet, would they even be able to do that? And if so, how? They would be able to do that. All they would have to do is go over to muddiedwatersmedia.com and they can find this in every single episode of Muddied Waters Media, as well as a few articles that have been recently coming at a much quicker rate. Uh, you can also sign up for our. <laughs> you can also sign. No, up it's for great. Our... No, it's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, um, you uh, can also sign up for our mailing list there. You can visit our store there, and if you just really love the sweet, sultry sounds of our voices, head on over to Anchor.fm/slash Muddied Waters. Hit the old favorite follow button, or you can follow us on your favorite podcasting app. But if you go over to Anchor.fm. You can leave us messages. You can donate us money. Donate money. <laughs> or you can find us on Spotify really easily, but you can find us on everything really easily from there. Um, We're on everything. We are on everything. Muddywatersmedia.com. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning in and have a great rest of your evening. And we will see you very soon. And where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>